for those of you who don't know, Tea with Tony um, is actually a blog I started in October. I was um, let go, well, let go. My job disintegrated before my eyes. So I was found myself unemployed in October. And after about a week of just laying around depressed and watching Hallmark Channel movies all day, I decided I wanted to do something, you know, wise with my time. So I pulled myself up and uh, looked for work, obviously, but um, decided to start a blog and just kind of share from my heart different things I had studied over the years from the Word. So that's what Tea with Tony is. You can go online and find it if you're interested, but it's, um, I never expected it to make that kind of an impact. I just thought, well, let's see what's going to happen with this. So I'm thankful that God is using it. So um, let's pray before we open the word. We're going to turn to uh, Revelation 21.6. But Father, first we just thank you for your presence and your anointing on this service. We thank you for the revelation and the unction that you have given to me, and I just pray that you would speak through me today your words and minister life to everyone who hears. We've come for you and you alone, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. So I've had this kind of rolling around in me for a few months, something that I have personally been studying. It's an ongoing study. I'm not going to say I've studied it all the way through. But every time I would go to the Word and and read different things, I heard the same phrase over and over and over, and it was, come to me. And so we're going to hop through a few scriptures here real quick, and then we'll just kind of get into what the Lord's put on my heart. Is that okay? So we're going to go to Revelation 21.6, and uh, it's Jesus talking, and it starts and it says, and he also said, it is finished. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To all who are thirsty, I will give freely from the springs of the water of life. Okay? Hold on to that one and go to Revelation 22, verse 1. It said, The angel showed me a river with the water of life, clear as crystal, flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb. So we saw that Jesus said to anyone who's thirsty, I'm going to give them the water of life. And then we see here that he showed the Apostle John the river that was flowing clear as crystal. It was flowing from the throne of God and from the Lamb. Keep that in mind. We're going to go down to verse 17. And it says, The Spirit and the bride say, Come. Let anyone who hears this say, Come, let anyone who is thirsty come. Let anyone who desires drink freely from the water of life. And so this is a recurring theme in these couple chapters, but we're going to go back to John. Let's go to the book of John, chapter 7. And we're going to take a look at this a little deeper. We're going to go to verses 37 through 39. And this is an interesting chapter to me. I've been reading this chapter over and over, and it starts out with, it's, it's the time of a, a festival, and Jesus' brothers go to him in the beginning of the book, and they're kind of mocking him. And it says, um, let me scroll back up. His brothers said, um, leave here and go to Judea where your followers can see all your miracles. 
You can't become famous if you hide like this. If you can do such wonderful things, you need to show yourself to the world. And verse 5 says, for even his brothers did not believe in him. So we start this, this chapter with his brothers kind of mocking him. Well, if you can do all these great things, you need to go be famous. Show yourself to the world. Don't you want fame? You need to go do this. You need to go be famous. But Jesus replied and said, um, <clears throat> now is not the time for me to go, but you can go anytime. The world can't hate you it, does hate me because I accuse it of doing evil. You go on. I'm not going to this festival because my time has not yet come. So we start the chapter with Jesus saying and kind of saying, no, his brothers are mocking him, saying, you need to go be famous. Your motives are bad. You just want fame. You just want popularity. You just want people to like you. And Jesus saying, no, I'm not going to this festival. My time has not yet come. But then it says that he went. He didn't go publicly. He went secretly. He did go to the festival because I want you to understand he is at the festival when he does this. So he goes back and forth. He even went while he was at the festival into the tabernacle or into the temple and taught a little bit, taught the people. But then down in verse 37 is where we want to pick up because he did go to the festival. He's on the last day of the festival. It's the climax of the festival. And it says, Jesus stood up and shouted to the crowds. It's like, wait a minute, I'm not going. I'm going to go privately. I might go teach a little bit. But now we have Jesus standing up and shouting to the crowds. Anyone who is thirsty may, what? Come to me. Which I think is interesting because we didn't talk about really what I was going to share. And that last song was perfect. Come away with me. <laughs> like, oh, spirit, you're so good. So anyone who is thirsty may come to me. Anyone who believes in me may come and drink. For the scripture declares that rivers of living water will flow out of his heart. And so I have taught prayer for years. I have studied it for years. I love this verse of scripture that says rivers of living water are going to flow. I always kind of correlate that with prayer. You're going to be able to pray. The spirit's going to come out because in verse 39, it says when he said living water, he was speaking of the spirit who would be given to everyone believing in him. But the spirit had not yet been given because Jesus had not yet been glorified. So this is talking about the Holy Spirit. So I always correlated and focused on those rivers flowing out. But what does Jesus say first? If you're thirsty, you need to come drink. If you're not going to come drink, the rivers aren't going to flow out, right? So he says, come to me and drink. So we want to just take a second and talk about drinking. <laughs> what are you drinking? Um, drink means imbibe. It means to absorb or take in by drinking, to receive and absorb into the mind, and to permeate or saturate. So when he says, you're going to come unto me and drink, he's giving the picture that we're going to let something permeate us. We're going to let something saturate us. When you drink in the natural, if you drink water, it's going to come in, it's going <clears> to <throat> permeate and saturate you from the inside out, right? Some synonyms, synonyms of drink are consume, guzzle, ingest, absorb, and partake. So it all has to do with taking in. I think we focus so much on the giving out that we're missing the part of the taking in. 
right? So Jesus said, come unto me and consume. Well, wait a minute. We're not a consumerism church, are we? Right? Joy. Jesus and others and you. you got to put yourself last, baby. Jesus first, then others, then you. Well, if you do that, guess what? You're going to dehydrate. Seriously? And uh, <laughs> it's just going to happen. Jesus never said Jesus and others and you when it comes to relationship. Because if you're not freely receiving, you're not going to have anything to freely give. Amen? Are you with me so far? So what did Jesus say first? Give out? No. Jesus first said, come unto me and drink. Amen. So, but who gets to come to him and drink? Are you thirsty? So what does thirsty mean? It means feeling thirsty. Well, duh. (laughs) So it means craving liquid, needing moisture, being eagerly desirous, desirous for liquid. So when I'm talking about these things in the natural, I want you to kind of correlate it to the things of the Spirit and ask yourself, am I thirsty? Ask yourself, am I dehydrating or dehydrated? Okay? We're going to get into this in just a second. Am I craving the river of life? Am I needing the river of life? Am I eagerly desiring the river of life. Where am I? Am I thirsty? Some synonyms of of thirsty are longing for a drink, dry, dehydrated, and parched. So are we thirsty? Are we spiritually dehydrated? And I want to go into just a little bit of what dehydration will do to you. Ready? And I thought we were going to have to deal with this a little bit this week because my son, he got that stomach flu Tuesday, he threw up for 12 hours nonstop. So I'm calling my friend who's a nurse practitioner. I go, well, how, how long do you let it go before you think, well, this is a problem and <laughs> we might need to address this? And she goes, well, is he just vomiting or does he have diarrhea? And I said, well, he has both, poor thing. She goes, now that's a problem because it'll lead to de- dehydration. Now, this is what dehydration does. It's when your body does not have as many fluids or water than it should. It can be mild, it can be moderate, it can be severe. It's caused when the body's fluids are lost or not replenished. Okay, so when the body gives out the water of life but doesn't take in the water of life, right? Some of the, if it's severe, it can be a life-threatening emergency. Dehydration can lead to death if it's not taken care of. So some of the symptoms are confusion. All right, we're talking natural here, but I want you to relate it spiritually too. When you are spiritually dry and dehydrating, it's a little confusing. Some things might not make as much sense, right? There's dizziness. There's lethargy. Very fatigued. If you're dehydrated, you just really don't want to move, do you? So if you're spiritually dry, you're just like, oh, I don't want to do one more thing for him. You just want to lay down and do nothing, right? No tears is a symptom of dehydration. And when I, when I wrote that one down, I thought, hard heart. When you're not partaking of the river of life, when you're not freely receiving continuously of that river of life, 
then it can cause your heart to get hard. There's no compassion. There's no grace. There's no mercy. You might not be so close to the Lord. You might dabble in this. You might walk off in that. It can cause, dehydration can cause some, some severe things. So, but there is a treatment for dehydration. Ready? If it's mild, just drink fluids. And it is best to drink small amounts often. Right? Let's not just go to a retreat and get all filled up with God and then five months later have to go to another retreat and get away and get all filled up with God and then five months later, oh, I really need to get away. I'm just so dry. No, we want to drink small amounts often, okay? If it's severe, you have to check into the hospital and get an IV of fluids and you possibly have to spend the night. When you get spiritually dehydrated, it can cause you to kind of fall by the wayside. And you've got to just go take care of that instead of being continually active for the Lord. You're doing this. You're, you're coming and you're drinking, and then you're going away and doing all this thing. Okay, now I'm going to go about my day. And then you come into a Christ and you're like, oh, I need the Holy Spirit. Oh, Holy Spirit, come fill me. I need the river of life. And then you get filled up and you're like, okay, he fixed it. It's all good. Okay, let me go do all my things all over here. And then, oh, wait a minute, there's a crisis. Let me go back to the river of life. And then it's all good. And I'm just going to go sit down for a while. Wait a minute, there's a crisis. And let me tell you, it's tiring. I'm tired just doing that. No, there's a better way. Are we ready? (laughs) What did Jesus say? He said, if you're thirsty, come to me and drink. So there's a way to prevent dehydration. And this is what the doctors say. They said, you should really drink and hydrate before you feel thirsty. Once you feel thirsty, you're already on your way to dehydration. So we're not going to do this based on what we feel right? (laughs) You know, they say you should be drinking water continuously throughout the day. If you do that, you'll find that you never feel thirsty, right? So there's ways to prevent it. Drink before you feel thirsty. Drink before activity. I think getting out of bed is an activity. (laughs) Have you ever seen that little cartoon? It says, all right, God, I've had a great day. I've walked in love with everybody, and your grace was so real, and your power was so good. Thank you for helping me. All right, now I'm going to get out of bed. (laughs) Please help me with the rest of my day. (laughs) So we want to drink before activities, okay? And then hydrate all day long. So we're going to look at this in a little bit of detail. Go to Ezekiel um, chapter 47, and we're going to talk about this river of life. Because there's various water supplies that we can be drinking of. So we want to make sure that what we're drinking of is the water of life, okay? Go to Ezekiel 47, 12. And I want to read this in the Amplified. Because I like to use a lot of words. (laughs) No, it just puts it kind of real clear. It says, and on the banks of the river, this is the chapter, and we're going to read some of the earlier verses later. We're kind of going backwards, where the Spirit showed Ezekiel the river. 
And so in Revelation, we see where the river comes from. It comes from the throne and of the Lamb. And he, we see the invitation to come drink. But here he tells us what the river of life is going to do. So we want to take a look at what it's going to do and why we want to drink this water. It says, And on the banks of the river, on both its sides, there shall grow all kinds of trees for food. Their leaves shall not fade, nor shall their fruit fail to meet the demand. Each tree shall bring forth new fruit every month. These supernatural qualities being because their waters came from out of the sanctuary and their fruit shall be for food and their leaves for healing. So we see that these supernatural qualities for these trees to bear fruit every month. How many of you know that trees don't bear fruit every month? They have a productive season, and then they kind of go dormant, and then they have a productive season, and then they go dormant. They don't bear fruit continuously, so that's kind of a supernatural thing, and it says the reason that these things are going to happen is because the source of their water is from the temple of God. It's from the throne of God. The reason that the, these trees, and we're like the trees, who can bear fruit continuously, it's because they are rooted and grounded in the river of life. They're on the riverbank, right? So their roots are going deep into the soil, and they're getting fed from the water of life. So the source of their water is life. Now, I'm going to ask you, what are you drinking? Right? They're bearing supernatural fruit because their roots are rooted into the water of life. What are you drinking? Because you can drink a lot of different things. And you know, when you're dealing with dehydration and needing to hydrate, they tell you to avoid pop and sugary drinks. Even fruit juices, not so good when you're trying to hydrate and get over dehydration. Because those things are going to take you farther down the path of dehydration, and you're not going to, they're not going to satisfy that thirst. And I think spiritually, there's a lot of things that we drink from that are not the water of life, right? Anyone ever drank a little bit of gossip? Hmm? <laughs> Anyone ever drink fear? Anger? Drinking a little bit of anger? <laughs> How about lies? Anyone ever drinking on a little bit of lies? Fantasy, right? Anyone ever drink on fantasy? And I'm not talking about weird stuff. You know, what you watch on TV, if it's not true, it's fantasy. It's not real. And we have gotten so into TV series things that we would sit around and talk about the people on the show like they were real live people and you get so attached to them that you have to just tune in and see what's going on and then if one of them dies oh my gosh you really cry but it's fantasy are you drinking a fantasy and let me just kind of bring it down home whatever you focus your mind on is what you're drinking you can drink the news. It's not bad to watch the news. But when it starts to change your attitude, when it starts to 
fear to rise up on the inside of you, when it starts to change you from the attributes of God to things that he says to avoid, you're drinking it. Are you with me? (laughs) So we want to find out what are we drinking? Because our fruit is completely based on what we're drinking. And you can ask anyone around you, how's my fruit? And they'll tell you. You're probably not drinking in the water of life as much as you should be. (laughs) Are you with me? All right, everybody smile at me and pretend like you're having fun. (laughs) Because, you know, contaminated water equals contaminated fruit. Let's just, um, everyone knows um, the name of Aaron Brockovich, that movie. Remember years ago, the lawyers, whatever, whatever, and she had to go fight the big company because their water, their waste products, this was a true story, the waste products from the factory was depositing down into the soil and down into the water supply, and the people in the neighborhood were getting sick and dying. Why? Because contaminated water equals contaminated fruit. So (laughs) we need to check ourselves. And so I started studying this months ago, months ago. And what I want flowing out of me, because the rivers are going to flow out of you, right? But it's up to you to determine whether it's contaminated water or if it's pure water of life, right? And so I was watching TV shows here and there. Nothing real bad, but it wasn't the water of life. And it distracts. And it um, dilutes, right? (laughs) So are you diluting the water of life that's in you? First of all, are you drinking the water of life? Or is all that's coming out diluted? What are we drinking? Where are our roots planted? Psalm 1. It says, you know what, let me go to it. I was going to try to quote it. Psalm chapter 1. It says, blessed, let me go to the NIV. Blessed is the one who does not walk in the step with the wicked or stand in the way that sinners take or sit in the company of mockers, but blessed is the one whose delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates on his law day and night. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water which yields its fruit in season, whose leaf does not wither, and whatever they do prosper. And I like the verbiage here. It says, he who trusts in the Lord, right? That's us. Their root they're rooted. They're planted. They're rooted by those streams of the water of life. Now, you can have one root in the water of life and a root in the news or a root in the family drama or a root in the gossip going on at work or a root in the TV show. You, trees have a lot of different roots, right? It's not just one that goes straight down. Roots, the root system of a tree is extensive, And those roots can go a lot of different ways, deep down, out to the side. And we have the choice of where we're going to put our roots. Are we rooted only in the water of life? Or are we rooted in all these other things? 
Because if you want to be a part of what God is getting ready to do on this earth in miracles and the outpouring of his spirit in signs and wonders, you're not going to be able to have diluted water coming out. Diluted water doesn't save anybody. Diluted water doesn't do anything for anybody. It's the rivers of the water of life. And in Ezekiel, it says everywhere that that river flows, it brings life. And this was why I started studying this. I started seeing the pattern of it, but I wasn't pleased with my diluted water. I want to see miracles. I want to see change in me, in my kids, in the people around us. I want to see life. Well, guess what? Life in equals life out. If you're not putting life in, don't be surprised when you're not getting life flowing out. We are so shocked sometimes. <laughs> Why isn't this happening? Why do I keep acting? Why do I do this? Why are they? Because it's not just life that's going in. So I cut out TV pretty much completely. Every once in a while, I'll watch Hawaii Life and be jealous that they're buying a home in Hawaii. But that's about it. Why? Because it turned out to be an utter waste of time. But it was diluting my water. Is TV sin? No, but for me, it was diluting my water. And it was distracting. And it was, it was causing that dehydration. And I, was, I couldn't clearly hear the voice of my father. And if I'm going to be like Jesus and he do what I see the Father do and say what I hear the Father say, you've got to be sure that you can see him and hear him. And not just all these other voices coming at you from TV shows and from news and from everything. News isn't bad. I keep up on what's going on in the world. But if you have news radio going 24-7, your head's doing this. It's a distraction. And yet you wonder why you don't have any peace. There's no peace in the news. Sometimes you'll be looking over the news on the phone, you know, the app thing. Well, any good news? He goes, no. I went, okay, I don't want to see it today. <laughs> we'll just avoid that one. Because if you already don't have peace, you sure are not going to get peace from the news, right? Are you with me? So what are you drinking? That's what I want you to ask yourself. What are you drinking? So go back to Ezekiel chapter 47. We're going to read verses 7 through 9. Let me get there. So the angel took Ezekiel out into the river, ankle deep, knee deep, waist deep, then it was over his head, you know. And then he brings them back to the, to the riverbanks, and he says, Son of man, have you been watching? And I'm like, what does that mean? But then he led him back along the riverbank, and Ezekiel said, When I returned, I was surprised by the sight of many trees growing on both sides of the river. Then he said to me, This river flows east through the desert into the valley of the Dead Sea. The waters of this stream will make the salty waters of the Dead Sea fresh and pure. There will be swarms of living things wherever the water of this river flows. Fish will abound in the Dead Sea, for its waters will become fresh. Life will flourish 
wherever this water flows. So this is an accurate measuring stick. If you're not seeing life flourishing in areas that you want to see life flourishing, then you're probably not rooted into the river of life. Because everywhere this river flows, it brings life. Let's read verse 8 in the Amplified. It says, Then he said to me, These waters pour out toward the eastern region and go down into the Arabah, the Jordan Valley, and on into the Dead Sea. And when they shall enter into the sea, the sea of putrid waters... The water shall be healed and made fresh. Is there anything putrid in your life that you would like to see healed and made fresh? Then root that into the water of life, right? Life in is life out. Wherever the water flows of the river of life, it brings life. Now, what I find fascinating about this section of Scripture is that it keeps saying that the The dead, salty waters of the Dead Sea are going to be made fresh, they're going to be made pure, and they're going to change. Well, guess what happens when fresh water and salty water mix? Does Does salty water become fresh? No. In fact, they don't mix at all, ever. One will go beneath another because I think it's the salt water goes to the bottom and the fresh water stays on the top because the salt water is so heavy. It can't change it. Normally, fresh water will not change salt water. But the river of the water of life can even change dead, salty things. Life in is life out. And if you're not seeing change in your life, in areas that you want to see change, whether it's a temper, whether it's a pattern, whether it's a habit, whatever it is in your life that you want to see changed, if you're not seeing changed, then you're probably not rooted into the, to the river of the water of life in that area. Now, how do we get rooted into the river of the water of life? Well, whatever you're focusing on is going to be what you're drinking of, Right? So when we come into worship, we're focused on him, and we're drinking in. And people think, you know, we're just given to God when we come into worship. Not really. You cannot give God anything that he first hasn't given you. You can't extol his goodness until you've tasted of it. You can't tell him how holy he is until he's shown you. Right? We don't even ever give him worship until he's first given us. We need to be taking in continuously. Now, it'll bring change. Now, I, I like this example in that Jesus said, the river of the water of life flows from the throne, right? So we know where it comes from. And he said, rivers of living water would flow from you, so we know where it flows out of. So what does that make you and me? Did someone say riverbed? It makes you the riverbed. Now, how often, let's think about the Mississippi, one of the biggest rivers in the world. How often is the riverbed in contact with the Mississippi River? (laughs) 
<laughs> wasn't a trick question. <laughs> it is continuously in contact with the river. And we do what I, I did earlier. We have our quiet time in the morning, and then we go about our day. And then we come back to church on Wednesdays to get a big fill-me-up. And then we go about our day. And then, oh, got to get back there on Sunday so that I can get drink into the river. And then let me go about the rest of my week. But you can continuously be in contact with the river. All you have to do is be aware of him. You don't have to be on your face in prayer. You don't have to be all alone without any distractions. You can be in a room full of people and still be continually aware of God. It's up here. And it will bring change. The first place it should bring change is your thought life. The second place you're going to notice change is your words. Right? <laughs> I used to watch the news and get scared. But now I watch the news and I talk back. <laughs> when they start saying what my economy is going to do, oh, no, 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 no. There is only one who is the Alpha and the Omega. There is only one that knows the beginning from the end. And he is the only one allowed to declare the future. So when they start telling me my economy is going down, I go, oh, no, 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 Mr. Newsman. <laughs> my God is still on the throne, and I don't care what happens all around me, but my economy is prosperous. You can take that back. Why? Because when you're drinking in of life, you don't want any of that guck around you. You know, when I was in Africa, I went for a six-week mission trip after I graduated from Bible school. And I traveled and traveled and traveled and missed a flight and had to spend three days in South Africa. Luckily, I had friends there. Who has friends in South Africa? But I finally get to Zimbabwe, missed the crusade team, had to take a five-hour bus ride by myself, only white woman on the bus, don't know the language other than how to say hello, and then I'm wondering, is someone going to kill me? Nobody even knows I'm here. Look at all these people. I don't want to. <laughs> Jesus, Jesus. So I finally get to the pastor's house because we're staying in the pastor's house. And they put this glass of water in front of me. And this is lovely, clear. But you couldn't see through it. And I was sure there were things swimming in it. I could see them, like, doing the back float. <laughs> Backstroke in my water, laughing at me, saying, go ahead. <laughs> but that's what some of our water looks like. It doesn't look like this. It's got stuff swimming in it. And that's not what we want to give people, is it? No. You can tell what your water's like by what words are coming out of your mouth. Is it life? Because life in is what gives you life out. Fear in is fear out. Anger in is anger out. Right? Irritability in is irritability out. And if you are completely, continually in contact with the river, it will bring change. Jesus, right? He was a man, right? Walked this earth as a man. Lived with 12 men. How many of you know was tempted in all points like we are. 
we just picture him being so above everything. But he was a man who never once spoke out of irritable, even with those 12 men that he lived with. Can you imagine? I had roommates in college, Bible college, and it was, it was hard. <laughs> even with my kids, sometimes it's hard, you know? But never once did he respond out of that. Why? Because he lived what he preached. He let that, he was in constant contact with the river so that what flowed out was the river. And so that's what prompted this study and this, I'm going to test this out and see because I didn't like some of the fruit hanging on my vine. It was contaminated. It was good most of the time and irritable sometimes. It was good most of the time and then doubt sometimes. It was okay sometimes and then fear sometimes. No, we can be like Jesus, who, was, who always let that river flow out of him. Are we going to be perfect always? No. But should, does that mean we shouldn't even try? No. So this is my challenge for you. My challenge is that you let the river change you. And I was listening to my mentor. She was speaking in, in January. Because that's when you, you know, talk about changing and doing everything good. And then February comes and we fall back into those old patterns and habits, right? But we are not going to do that, are we? We are going to press on and move up and move on. But she made this comment, and it kind of went along with what I was studying, and I loved it. She said, the Holy Spirit told her, and I just have clung to it, you let the river do the work. Doesn't that bring such a picture? You let the river do the work. Now, does it take um, time to change patterns? It does. But every time you mess up, you just keep going back to the river. You don't let that drive you away from the river. You keep your roots back to the river. You set your face and say, I don't care how many times I mess it up. I am going to get it right. The river's going to flow out of me. And you'll find that the more time you spend doing this, drinking of the pure water of life, that this gets a lot easier. We've been so focused on this. I've got to love my neighbor. I've got to do this. I've got to do that. This has got to come out. That's got to come out. And we just get like this. Oh, I got to spend my quiet time this morning. <sighs> but when we just do this, <laughs> then the river does the work. And you'll be like, in situations where you would have normally been irritable, you'll be like, oh, oh well. Why? Because what you're drinking is the new wine. It's the river of the water of life, and there's joy, and there's peace, and there's grace. You don't have to just try to show it. You're freely giving what you've already freely received. Does that make sense? We're going to end with 1 Corinthians 2. Which really has nothing to do with the river. I just like this verse. No, <laughs> and the NIV, but you're going to see change. 
1 Corinthians 2.13. The river is going to change what you say. And guess what changes when what you say changes? Everything. Because what did Jesus say? Jesus said you have what you say. So that's kind of what I have been focusing on. I want the river to change my attitude. I want it to change my habits. I want it to change my patterns, but I want it to change my mouth. I don't want to speak fear one day and faith one day and doubt one day and, and faith one day. I want it to be the same. You know, Revelation twenty two seventeen. it said the spirit and the bride say the same thing. The spirit and the bride said the same thing. Come. And when that river's flowing through you, then what's coming out of you is what the spirit said. It's not you. It's not the wisdom of this world. It's not just you. You want what's coming out of your mouth to be what's coming out of his mouth because that's life. And that's what's going to change your situations. 1 Corinthians 2.13. This is what we speak, not in words taught us by human wisdom, but in words taught by the Spirit, explaining spiritual realities with spirit-taught words. Spirit-taught words. It's one of the biggest things that's going to change when you let the river of life flow through you, when you come to him and drink. Amen? Amen. So why don't we do that? Why don't we stand up and just take a minute and drink? Come away with him. I love this song because it's God singing over you. He's singing over you. You know, you don't have to be singing out to always be drinking. You can just let it saturate and permeate you. Amen?
Hallelujah. Don't you just love him? And freely that we have received, and then we freely give. And I like what Pastor Daniel said in between worship and, and greeting time. We love because he loved. We couldn't love if he didn't love us. Sometimes I just like to look up at him and go, I love you too. You know, it just acknowledges I'm not initiating anything here. The river starts it. The river finishes it. Amen. Hallelujah. 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 Father, you're so good to us. You're so faithful to us. Father, I pray that each one in here would learn to drink. Drink deep of the river of life. And if there's anything that's diluting their water, I just pray that you would reveal it to them so that they can make that change and draw closer and closer to you. Amen. Amen. I get to say the blessing today. (laughs) Hands up, eyes open. Eye contact, people. (laughs) I bless you in the name of Jesus to drink deep of the river of life so that life can flow out of you. That life flows from your words. It flows from your hands. It flows from your heart. It flows to your family, to your kids, to your parents, to your co-workers. That the river of the water of life would gush and flood and overflow your lives this week. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.